hope that wasn't too loud <laughs> for the time of day that we're recording. <laughs> because <laughs> it is morning in America, and we are here to talk about Survivor, the second to last week of David versus Goliath here on the island. We have a very special episode today. We're bringing back a friend. I'll get to her in just a second, but I guess first I should introduce myself in the Eastern time zone. I think this is going to be the first ever podcast. I, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like there's at least a chance it could be true. The first ever podcast recorded across three time zones. From the Eastern time zone, I'm Taylor Gaines. From the Central time zone, Tyler B. Commons. Woo! Yep, I'm here. I'm ready to go. It's bright and early. And I'm super tired, but I am so ready. <laughs> and from the Pacific time zone, our friend from Off Book, the improvised musical podcast, Jessica McKenna. How are you? Hello. This is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this to myself. Uh, I'm in the. It's earliest for me, but this was by my design. <laughs> And I mean, with with what we're paying you, you had to do it after we set it up. So. <laughs> it was a contractual obligation that I had with Taylor over email. I thought, yep, I do need to make this work, but I also need to go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> so Both how things was the were skiing? True. Did the skiing was, work out? It was great. I, I fell once, but no big deal. Not too bad of a oh. fall, but I do feel a little sore today. And it was great. It was so empty. Uh, so that was delightful because the thing that makes me most nervous while skiing is like trying to avoid other people. <laughs> so the fact that like, oof, you just take those big wide turns, take your time, <laughs> be safe. It was great. Sore and tired is a perfect way to record a podcast about Survivor. I think it gets you... Right into this the is, mindset. Yeah, this is as close to how they're feeling that I felt in a while. Have you have you ever applied to be on Survivor? No, I. You know, oh uh, God, I would love to do it, but I feel like uh, maybe if I got like so so established in my career, like Mike White, where I was like, it was like later in life where I was like, well, this won't, I won't confuse people and make people think I'm like a reality person. This will be like <laughs> obvious that I'm doing like, oh, I have enough. Uh, momentum in my career but i feel like it's a little tricky to try to do reality if you're trying to be an actor but maybe mike white really paved the way for me just look out for me in like <laughs> 18 years <laughs> so stay tuned for survivor season like 80 yep jess will be there oh anyway i guess we should talk about survivor season 37 since that's still going and we had probably I don't know if it was treated as such by the way the show was edited, but like our most momentous vote out of the year as fan favorite, certainly this podcast favorite, Christian Hubicki got sent packing in a frankly confusing vote that maybe you guys can help me make sense of because when they showed who voted for who, I totally didn't follow it, but he's gone and... He is officially on the jury. And we're down to six, just one week left. How do you guys feel? It's almost over. Another season. Uh, I've loved this season. You guys know that I thought last season was very lame. And <laughs> so I was like starting to get afraid that maybe maybe the old gal had lost her charm. And then this season, they just like, whatever it is that the chemistry of the cast is just so good that it's been so delightful. And it's like people... There is no real villain. I mean, I would say Angelina was like, well, there was a uh, villainous um, in the beginning. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. Natalie. Natalie. She was um, an amazing character. But there's no like conniving power player villain. It's like a bunch of nice people. Angelina, <laughs> I think I'm confused by her edit. I'm like, there's a world where uh, you are not this like weird and awkward and intense in real life. Uh, and they've just sort of like edited you this way, but the way that she got that rice and then like told Davy to take her because of the rice. I mean, she does some weird things, but it's base. It's basically a group of really nice people, but they're playing really hard and they're like charming. So I'm totally charmed by this season. Yeah, I've we've talked a lot about how I guess shocked we've been by how good it is, 
And yeah. I think it's reminiscent of Millennials vs. Gen X because that cast also seemed to just be like bros, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah. That season yeah, was truly. pretty good. Even when you, I don't know if you're as into this as, as I am, but like I follow a bunch of these people on Instagram and just like kind of track that. And they all really do seem to be friends. I usually don't follow until the season's over, choose to follow anyone. But I do follow Christian. Have <laughs> you tried to go meet him? No, not yet. Although my dad is a Florida State graduate, as anyone who listened last week, I guess, might have heard. So I, I feel like we can pull this off. He's, he's given plenty of money to the school, so surely that's worth something. Well, also <laughs> on, on Instagram, he like... He watches Survivor at like Buffalo Wild Wings, and he like he like posts which one he's which one he's gonna be at. He's like, "Hey, gonna watch tonight's episode of Buffalo Wild Wings." <laughs> the thing is, Tallahassee is not that close to us. I don't know if if that's or to me. Sorry, Ty, I forgot you don't live here anymore. Um, yeah, it's it's a little ways away. <laughs> but fair enough, fair enough. Gabby actually, I think, might live closer to us. I think she's an Orlando person. Gabby was great. I mean. I think she had to move for Christian. I think she should have waited like one more vote. And then I think maybe she could have pulled that off differently. Um, yeah, I think she I, did what she had to do, though. Like, Yeah, no, she definitely had to do it. I was kind of just like, I wonder if you waited one more, you could have like flushed th- this idol play. But she mm. had to do it. Yeah, I had a. I was talking to a friend up here about it, and he had an interesting theory on the Gabby play, which was she saw Christian interacting with his girlfriend. Oh God! <laughs> and she she felt spited because it was just the exact same treatment she's been getting. So she's like, "Well, I gotta get rid of him. He's just been playing me all season. Now it's time for him to go." <laughs> I mean, I did audibly gasp when they said he had a girlfriend because I was like, "So him and Gabby are falling in love," and um, I was like. <gasps> What? It was super strange that they never played it as like a showman's. Like theirs, they kept very like sweet and innocence, but they tried to play up these weird showmances in the beginning. It, I, this was the one that really could have worked. <laughs> Only the jocks are allowed to have showmances. Everyone else is just scraping along in Survivor World. I, I'll never forget the playing in the sand moment. I feel like that's top five <laughs> moments of the season, despite everything <laughs> great that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Play with me, Christian. Oh, you mean in the sand? Jeez, I love them. Okay, let's let me try to wrap my head around what we're doing here. We're gonna talk about Christian getting voted out. We'll power rank the remaining castaways at the end, and I have a special surprise for you guys that I just found. One of my parents sent me. I think they were looking through old Christmas cards, and you guys will enjoy this Christmas card from several years ago that my parents found. Let's see. It says I was nine, so almost two decades ago. So <laughs> that'll be fun. And yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't know if this is where anyone would want us to start, but I found it interesting what you were saying about Angelina because I wrote as I was watching this episode that her perception on this show is so bad and I'm not sure why because she hasn't really done anything that crazy it's just like every time they show her they try to make a point to show that she's like playing too hard or i don't know exhausted like she wants credit for everything it's just such a strange like you said perception that i I have no idea how to think of her because i've said a few times that i feel like she's one of the people that could still make something big happen because she's had such an interesting route to get to this point and she's been kind of flying back and forth between alliances. But I don't know, what do you guys even, I don't know why I'm starting with her, but it just is interesting to me how much of a, like, I don't know, basket of contradictions they've presented her as. Like, what what, what do you guys make of her? Do, Do you expect anything from her down the stretch? I think that this week kind of showed, because... This entire season, I've said, like, she's not bad, and I can't figure out why no one likes her, but I almost feel like her kind of posturing the rice move towards uh, Davey on the reward this week maybe was the best glimpse we've got as to why she can come off as kind of, like, annoying, because she's, like, they go back to camp, and she says, you know, I I don't want to hold this, and, like, I've worked kind of hard for this rice, or whatever, and... 
it, it just comes off as like, well, everyone needs to notice exactly what I'm doing for them, like the whole time. And then I don't want to hold it over you, but I'm absolutely going to hold it over you. And I, it's weird because I've said it most of the season. I think she's a good player like overall, but she hasn't been able to get in. And I think this week might have been the clearest picture for why people kind of get annoyed and don't want to work with her. I also think that the fact that she started, she, like she's a Goliath and her like leadership style is to like be a little bit more just like assertive and try to like dictate. And then that immediately made her like clash with like Dan and Alec and Kara. I think like she just put herself on the outside of like the real Goliath energy. And I think like people think she's fine, but in a season where I feel like they people they must be able to like have fun at camp and it seems like (laughs) basically people like get along it feels like she just come like rubs people the wrong way i don't really have high hopes for the rest of her game i feel like she's a little bit people don't love her and they've decided to like keep her as a valuable swing vote slash goat because i don't think she hasn't endeared herself enough to anybody on the jury. Uh, so I, I feel like I, I can't even see, oh man, the, the only, yeah, I can't even, I can't see how she could win. I mean, mm, yep, I can't see it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just ran through all the possibilities and uh, I tried nothing. and I tried to run the algorithms and nope, uh, I don't see it. <laughs> it and does I not think, check out. Yeah. I feel like in a different season, she maybe would have been like a boss, like in a good way. Yeah. But maybe just the way that the tribal lines were drawn and you had her with so many like type A, you know, headstrong people at the beginning. And then then she comes off as patronizing to the Davids when they blend, when they merge. So I feel like maybe in a different season she would have played better. But she, I think, also like talking in military terms when like that's what her husband it's just like sure you'd probably do know things for sure but like it feels disrespectful (laughs) to the military to be like and i'm the same you know it just feels like she wants to like always just like insert herself wherever she can and i mean i love she's the one of the best moments now like can i have your jacket of the whole season so (laughs) uh and also actually the other glimpse where i'm like ooh, i think you might have like some darkness in you is when elizabeth was voted out and like this, this season has had like almost purely classy exits with people being like, all right, <laughs> you guys got me. Love you. Have a good game. Like basically everyone has exited that way. And yeah. Elizabeth was the first <laughs> jury member. And she's like trying to like set that tone. And everyone was like, yeah, girl. Okay. We get it. And Angelina was like, yep, not me. It was like, she's leaving. Not you. Gosh, like have some. So I think that and the rice the weirdness with the rice. I, I feel like they've really been setting up. This is, I first kind of thought of this in this week's episode when she was going on about the rice again. Like they're setting it up for her to be the person who makes it to final three and just gets bashed the entire time. Where like there's Ooh. two people who everyone's kind of like, we love you two. We might vote for either of you. And then Angelina, we hate you. Like I feel like it's headed that way. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like they can be like, Angelina, every move you tried didn't go because you couldn't get people to align with you couldn't get people your social game is bad you can't get people to like get on your page for i think whatever reason since we're talking about like someone who i think none of us think has a super high chance of winning my mind just goes right to allison i'm curious like why she's been seen as such a huge threat over the last several weeks i assume it's only because of physical challenges because she also hasn't done anything or really broken the goliath mold at any point as far as voting goes and i don't expect much from her either is it fair to say those two are like far and away the least interesting uh relative to the end game of the remaining six i think that's an argue there's an argument you could definitely make for that i don't know if allison's really that low i mean maybe she was perceived as a bigger threat when gabby was there and christian were there and she sort of had like a third party way into that but i think she's probably just more intelligent and more 
able and willing to talk to people than we've gotten to see. And, you know, we talk about edits way too much on (laughs) this podcast, but I don't think she's actually like bad at it. And I think she's good at talking to people, but it, it's kind of been irrelevant to the story of this game. She's not talked strategy, but she's talked of like getting to know people and the way she interacts with people. So I think I could see her also being another one of those, like if Angelina doesn't make it, Allison could be a final three person who's like, well, I didn't make anybody mad and I you know, tried to play strategy, but like we just haven't gotten to see her play any strategy. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm willing to put her in the same boat as Angelina as like unlikely to win. See, but I would argue Angelina's like tried to play more. Like she's like tried to make moves and mm. potentially like we've all said at different points could have had the game go a different way in a different season and it just didn't. Where Allison, I just I can't see anything going that differently. Like she just hasn't tried to do much in in my mind. From from what we've seen. Yeah, I feel like she must have, like... I, I get the vibe that she is, like, beloved, though. I feel like everybody likes yeah. her so much. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think that those bonds go back to, like, early jury members, not just, like, the people who will be voted out now. You know, like, I, I feel like the people who are left are super tight with each other. But mm-hmm. I think, like, Allison could probably claim she at least tried to form a bond with basically, like, every jury member so far so i think she must people must i mean i really like her as a person i find her like likable so she must just people must think she's a threat in that way where they're like everyone likes her people will vote for her she's like people enjoy being around her (laughs) (laughs) yeah i also like i i just can't see a world where anybody wants to give a filmmaker a million dollars so i actually think after angelina mike is least likely to win i think like Mm. people adore him but like i can't see people wanting to give him a million dollars so in a final three of of, like angelina mike and allison i think allison (laughs) could win because i think people would be like mike and allison played as a duo basically we like them both i'd rather give this lady money than the guy who's in school of rock i feel like in a weird way like if we were in an alternate universe, Allison could have got the edit that Christian got where it's very likable person and everyone out there is kind of friendly with them. But I still think overall, we didn't see a whole ton of strategy from Christian other than maybe his tribal acting and sort of orchestrating getting Gabby out. But it's not like he was known for his strategic play. He was just known for literally everybody liking him. And I think Allison is sort of in that same vein, mm. but just we didn't get the same edit because she's just not as entertaining inherently as Christian is. Yeah, totally. Christian, I, I have to come clean because pretty much this whole season I've been doing that same bit about how this season seems like it's like about Christian and he's like the main character and the main narrator a lot of the time. And in seasons past, that often means that's someone who's going to win or or get very close Mm -hmm. and they surprised me i think the editors again there there was actually a good interview in the hollywood reporter the other day with uh the executive producer of the show matt van wegnan however you pronounce it and he admitted i don't don't know if admitted is the right word because i'm sure it was just a normal conversation and he was fine (laughs) with saying this but he said (laughs) he said that jeff 100 percent told them that he wanted to edit the show differently and he said Jeff challenged all of us to try and figure out how to tell some of these stories differently some of our editors have been here since day one so they were excited for a challenge so I think they knew that it was getting somewhat predictable and and stale and he even referenced like the Defiant Ones documentary on HBO as like inspiration for how they were putting this together and they came through for me because as much as I wanted Christian to win, it's kind of just as satisfying for me as someone who talks about this show a ridiculous amount to see them change things up and vote out someone who it really looked like was going to win. Yeah, for sure. And even in tonight's episode, I was like, well, it's not going to be Christian tonight because like they would give him a different edit. And right. like I was wrong. I was like, we aren't even really seeing him that like he was pretty light in that episode. And his name doesn't come t- up until 10 minutes ago, probably. Yeah, and that's that definitely tricked me. 
because uh, I, I thought for sure he was going to be like David in Gen X versus Millennials and be the four spot. Mm-hmm. I thought he would like get by and like distract or whatever until that point. And then they'd be like, well, we're absolutely not going against you because you have too good of a story. And I was just like, oh, he's going to be exactly like that. He's going to be number four. Uh, so, yeah, I was I was shocked. And I'm also I agree with you proud of I'm proud that they're like messing with the editing. Yeah, I think it, it can only help to push the show forward. And, and what helps for me, too, is I think like I know everyone doesn't go and watch these, but the Ponderosa videos, I think, actually help complete all the stories that may not feel completed within the episode because Christians is great. I don't know if you guys have watched it yet. Have you guys watched it? I haven't. Not yet. I did watch Christians and it's interesting to me that you're saying it's great. Cause I actually thought he had the worst Ponderosa video. <laughs> of well, the t- tell me why cast of- because it was like way too scripted. If that makes sense. Other people, I feel like they got to do what they wanted to do, but survivor was like, that no, you're a teacher. You're going to sit here and like lecture all of. Yeah. For those who don't survivor, know, he, he basically like, does like a, professorial lecture about his theories on survivor which <laughs> i enjoyed <laughs> but I, I could see what you're saying and it it is it was kind of weird like not everyone was there like his bro chachos weren't there for the lecture which seems like a missed opportunity but you know i i just like watching christian his reaction to seeing himself in the mirror is fantastic as soon as he gets there john is like bro, we got the weights right in the corner. Let's do this. <laughs> and it's good stuff. But but for me, I, I just feel like even if you quibble with the quality of this one versus the other ones, I think like giving the time to the person who got voted out like helps complete this story and, and should keep them from feeling too obligated to like you said, Jess, like giving this exit edit to people in their final episodes. Yeah, that's a great point. I got to get up on them. I normally I normally watch them. I don't know why I haven't watched I haven't watched this season I feel like keeps every time it's Wednesday I'm like, "Whoa. Whoa." <laughs> that just means you're busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it means you got a lot of life going on. Yeah, it always it, it I I just am, it feels like an eternity to me just to pull behind, pull back the curtain for the people. Like me and Ty were talking about this. Week 1, week 2 like Pat and and B and Jessica and like those early people like that feels like a different season to me. Yeah, uh, it's just so crazy how long the show actually is. But I do think the Ponderosa videos also really highlight what we talked about before that like this group loves each other. <laughs> like like I said, it just it seems like they they bro out together on the in the little hotel that they have set up. Yeah, and that's definitely made this probably the most enjoyable season in at least fairly recent history history uh, a few weeks ago we were yeah we said survivors back and like i wholeheartedly stick to that and we, i mean we were talking about the edits a few minutes ago like the season has been edited brilliantly which i haven't been able to say in a few seasons because like we've talked about christian has been our number one power ranking like virtually the entire season and then like yeah, and he's that, gone which it's, is it's crazy by yeah. no means like a scientific algorithm but our our power rankings thing that we came up with usually predicts the winner uh pretty accurately actually over the last three seasons or so because they highlight the right person enough and that person usually wins um I yeah say, exactly by way of maybe transition davy and nick are a solid two and three on our power rankings which probably sounds right at this point but Mm -hmm. despite the editing being great one thing that i was very confused by as i said before was this vote like here's how here's how it broke down i don't know if you guys made sense of this because right before the vote it was like mike told nick that davy wanted nick out nick wants davy mike wants christian People wanted Allison. Davey wanted Allison so that he could use his idol for whoever. It was, like, hard to follow all that was happening. But Yeah, I think they wanted us to, like, get caught up in the flurry of this vote. They were right. like... But then the final uh, vote itself broke down in a way I, like, totally... I didn't totally follow. So it was, like, Mike and Allison wound up voting for Davey. Davey and Christian wound up voting for Allison. Allison. 
And then Kara, Nick, and Angelina voted for Christian. So, uh, I feel I like there, mu- <laughs> there must have been a coming together about Christian and Davey both being powerful. And there must have been an agreement to split a vote and air on Christian. Maybe I feel like I feel like that might have been a decision between like Mike and Nick after Nick was like, Davey's coming for me. Okay, well, maybe you guys go for Davey and we'll go for Christian. That way, if Christian has another idol and it's Davey, I can look like I'm so loyal to him and play as a mole. Maybe. I like that theory. Yeah. And splitting votes, I mean, is always a really wise decision, especially because this season has been so crazy with idols being played perfectly and nullifiers being played perfectly. And I, it's just, I also didn't understand why people decided to vote the way they voted. And like, it's weird to think who's actually on top now and who's on bottom. And like, what did this vote actually tell me? All it told me is I'm really confused going into the final episode. I mean, I think it's like an incredibly fluid game, which is cool. And yeah, I mean, I think I think the people who are loyal are um, like I think Allison and, and Mike are maybe the only two people who I feel like are reliably voting together and like keeping each other completely in the loop because... Nick and Davey have now like flipped on each other. I I don't think, I think like Kara goes where she needs to go, maybe feeling slightly more um, loyal to, to Goliath. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's, I don't, there's no like alliances really anymore. Like, yeah. And and there have been the way that trust functions too. Like, cause Nick and Davey seemed like they had turned on each other and then, Nick told him about the idol thing, and then all of a sudden, Davey was like, you know what? We're good. And it, it's just like, it, like someone said in Tribal, you can't trust anybody, but you got to trust somebody. I think it was either Probst or Angelina or some combination of them that said that. It just seems like a tough world to live in, where you have to function that way, but... I, I think that's why think they that's all flip out when so their family fluid. members get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that is that they're like, uh, a person who, because I feel like it must be hard, especially when you do like each other, to right. be like, uh, I want to think that like our friendship is real, but also you're like backstabbing me. <laughs> Every vote has ended with people like apologizing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so sweet. It's like a combination of like very cunning, like, and very sweet of a season. It also just shows that people are trying to get better at like separating the game from the person a little bit from from being like, oh, you didn't do this to me to like hurt me. You did this because we're playing a game and you want to win. And I think people try to like remember that. But I feel like this cast has been pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. With the, I think Nick is the worst at it. He gets his feelings really hurt. <laughs> this this episode in particular, I, I felt like Nick and Davey really had their their game faces all the way on, like. Everyone else kind of seemed a little looser at certain points, and Davey was just sitting in the corner with, like, eyes dead set on something. And Nick was so pissed that he accidentally, or not accidentally, but that he misplayed the idol that he didn't even really care who got voted out. He was just murmuring in the corner the whole time, like, I can't believe it. Oh, I did it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think, and maybe this is just the way they're presenting it, but to me it feels like Nick and Davey can taste it, and they're the two who are, like, really going for it yeah those two definitely are playing super hard and like they've been out starving and in the rain and like whatever for 33 days i think at this point 34 days whatever like that's gotta wear on you and then davy getting to go find another idol and play that game like i loved that scene of him like standing in the woods and he like prayed and he's like give me a sign god and then like the fire was blowing the other way it was just it's fun to see all the different ways people play this game come into this show and then like you said right here at the end i think they can taste it so they're almost in scramble mode of like well maybe i need to pad my resume by doing something crazy but like without saying that out loud they're just thinking it and it's like i need to make a move i need to 
also make final three and I need to have something to present to the jury. So it's, it's crazy to watch people scramble, but it's also really good because it makes it exciting. And like we were talking about the fluidity of people voting in different voting blocks or whatever, it's just a different level. When we were talking a few minutes ago, it's almost like it's going away from a reality TV show to like a strategy TV show in a way like you get people out there and you have their personalities, but if they can set their personalities aside in some ways, I think that makes for the best survivor. And that's what we've gotten to see. Right. Like how do they get to use their personality to like endear them to other people and help their social game, but not put like a target on their back or not like come off too strong where they look like they're you know gunning for something but Davey when he when he was like I think Nick's lying I was like I've been Davey was like not on my radar as much until like maybe three weeks ago and then I was like whoa this guy is really really good and keeping Christian I think was really smart for him and his game to like I think he's right he was a great shield because I don't think anybody thought Davey was a threat until he played his idol for Christian and now everyone's like, oh, shoot, this guy's good. <laughs> I want to say I, I'm skeptical, in, in case he's listening, of, of Wendell Holland, the winner of last season. Because me and Ty had him on our podcast, I think, week four of this year. He, at that point, I think, ranked Davey number one in his like weekly power rankings. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like He's really highlighting a background character here who I guess he finds compelling. <laughs> And now, now I'm thinking like Wendell had inside info. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he was like friends with Davy, and he was like, "Davy's gonna make it far. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout him out right now," because, like, sure enough, everything Wendell said has pretty much come true. Really, well, that, that's why Wendell's a winner, and we're just two screws. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, thanks to Wendell, as always, it was a great episode. If you want to go back, that was a testy episode too. That was the week that Jeremy like was telling people he wouldn't go to their funeral or whatever. Mm. So if you're trying to prep for the finale, go back and listen to that. Some of the highlights (laughs) from this year. As to this episode, obviously Christian highlighted that he had 18 votes uh, over the course of the season, which apparently is the second most all time behind someone I don't remember. And uh, I do think people should track that, like the number of votes each player gets per season. I think that would be an interesting stat at the end of the year. A couple more things I want to talk about really quickly before we get into power rankings and whatnot. I want to know what you guys think of Nick and that attempt at the finding the fake idol in the raft thing. And I want to know what you guys think about Mike winning immunity, which may be the most surprising thing to happen all season. But... <laughs> Take that as you will. What 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 interested you guys there? Um, I thought that that Nick move was interesting. I liked, yeah, I liked that he. I mean, the fake idol thing is now not new. It's like you know, a couple couple seasons have done that. Um, I think it's like a good idea. But uh, I I was like, they would never plan a raft, uh, an idol under a raft where like the tide could get it. <laughs> but uh, and I don't know like how well. It seemed like people believed him, but I also feel like part of that, like, put a target on his back. Um, But it might have just been worth it for him to be like, I don't want anybody else to have an idol. That's going to be, like, an important play for me. So I thought it was, like, pretty good, pretty well executed. But I think he maybe could have gotten more by, like, leaving it out and letting someone think they they got it. But I didn't mind the twist on the old theme. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting new strategy to try. I think it actually would have worked out really well because in that scene, I mean, Angelina totally buys it and like she's buying into the hype and trying to hide him and make him like not say anything stupid. But Davey, like we said, Davey's the smart one who kind of figured it out and he's like, I bet this is just a fake idol. But I really loved the move because it almost worked in the sense that it did get people to stop looking except for Davy. Davy was really the only one that understood and found that um special idol for this week that came with a couple caveats of like you could only use it now. And I really actually liked the move of Nick trying to plant an idol and using his clue because a lot of people when they pull out a fake idol like don't have a paper to go with it. 
So being able to wrap it up in another paper and kind of tie it in string, I thought it was I thought it was clever, and I thought it was probably the best fake idol attempt I've ever seen. I also liked his other little move of I'm playing this to read them, even though I don't think he got the time to do that, and he didn't really yeah, get strange. big enough reactions. Uh, he like admitted to it very quickly. Maybe he knew Jeff was about to be like, "This is not a real idol." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he. Uh, he obviously like played the idol wrong, but yeah, I thought I thought pretty good move. That tells you about the trust of Angelina, though. That like the only thing they show is her saying, "You don't need to play it," and he's like, "All right, I'm playing it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the other thing I was interested in is Mike. Is like as that challenge went along, I was like, "There's no way Mike is going to be the one who wins," and he did. So even if he's not going to get any votes as a probably rich person already. He has that to take home with him, so enjoy that. Yeah, I think he's had a great time and he's done really well. But like, I think he, his is his is more of a journey of like the experience. I feel like, I mean, certainly he's playing to win. I just like can't picture these people giving yeah. him a million dollars. Like, I, I has I question why they even put people like that on the show because I, maybe they just think it's interesting to throw that into the mix. But like, it just seems like those people are never going to get a vote uh, outside of there being multiple of them. Yeah, but they've had like athletes on and like you know like Brad Culpepper has been on yeah. several times and he played in the NFL and he had um Scott whatever his name was. He was an NBA player. So they they get celebrities, but Mike's game sort of it was so telling from the first episode when everyone's like building a shelter and he's like, I'm here to play Survivor. Like, I'm going to have fun. And he just wanders off looking for an idol like as soon as they hit the beach. And he's like, I'm sorry if that paints a target on my back, but I'm just going to like enjoy it while I'm here. But talking about him winning immunity, I really liked that they pointed out that immunity has not been won by the same person twice. And I think that is actually a great thing that they have going for them because it's not all just about being physically dominant. Like Christian held on to a beam for like six hours and Mike's able to balance these things. And like even Davey today, he won reward challenge doing something, you know, semi-physical. And I, I think that's good that they're designing challenges that you're not going to have a situation like we did a few seasons ago where, the other Mike had to win every single immunity in order to win the game. And he pulled it off, but I think it's good to have a lot of variation. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So before we get into the power rankings, we're going to try to rank all six people here, but I want to share with you guys this thing that my parents sent me. I don't know if you can, if you guys can see this, but it's, it says survivor San Antonio. My parents (laughs) made a Christmas card when our family, my dad was in the Air Force, which we also maybe talked a little bit about last week on the Family Visit podcast episode, which is my clever marketing play. Yeah, we lived in San Antonio when he was in the Air Force at some point, and they made this amazing survivor-based Christmas card that I just wanted to read a little bit from because I love it. <laughs> it says, the Gaines family has been sent to the state of Texas where they must live, play, and last until their next assignment. Each tribe member has their work cut out for them. They've been stranded there with no family members nearby. They must overcome the living conditions, mostly hot and humid, compete in challenges, work in school, and use the area's resources to successfully live there. (laughs) (laughs) They've already overcome one obstacle. I guess we had to move houses shortly after we got there. The next challenge is for one member to leave camp for a faraway location, Saudi Arabia, and live on their own for three months. Ken has been selected for this challenge. <laughs> I, like, I like that that implies someone else in the family might have been sent to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, but it could have been you, the nine-year-old. That's and very then, sweet. And then it like breaks it down by person, which is amazing. It's got like age, marital status, occupation, hometown. My dad's <laughs> luxury item is listed as beer. <laughs> oh, so he man. and Carl would hang out. Is what I'm, is what <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing, and I, it's. Let's see what it has for me. Age nine, marital status single. Good to know that I was single at age nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my luxury item was a PlayStation Two. My occupation was third grade student slash baseball player. That's probably the only time in my life I've gotten to say that. <laughs> Taylor, a recent spelling bee school champion, has transferred to FBA for third grade. I think that's First Baptist Academy. 
Now in his fourth school, Taylor is stepping up to the academic challenge and remains an honor roll student, which I remained all the way through high school, I might add. (laughs) Nerd. In his free time, (laughs) he loves to read, play PlayStation, and play kid pitch baseball. Amazing. Oh, and my brother. Ty, I don't even remember if you've met my brother, but this is amazing. Austin, age five, luxury item, Nerf football. And then in his description, it says, he loves being at school all day and has quite the female following. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, man. It's... I had never seen this before, and it's amazing. I am very happy I got to find that this week. That's really good. Oh, man. Okay, so although I'm not eligible, despite my honor roll background, let's get into the power rankings, who we got for going into the finale here. So our remaining players, Davey, Nick, Kara, Angelina, Allison, and Mike, Uh, The jury, I guess it is worth mentioning, is made up of Elizabeth, Gabby, John, Carl, Alec, Dan, and Christian. And I believe at least three more people will be added to that. So we'll be around 10, uh, unless they decide to go for a two-man final vote, which they haven't done in a long time, I think. Ooh, but it would be good for this season and if they tried to make it one David versus one Goliath. Yeah, although... We'll have to see if that's how it breaks down. I don't know what exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I bet I if they, they can't st- con- control for that either. I don't know. They they can't really, but I bet if they like see that that's coming, they could potentially like throw that in so that it's just you know more thematically appropriate. Yeah. A couple of quick things to add from Christian's interviews, just to think about here. I guess all this isn't related to the power rankings, but I wanted to make sure I say it. Apparently, during that six-hour challenge, Jeff told him the Survivor auction is never coming back. Because he asked him about that. Apparently, he rambled on about all kinds of stuff. Exoskeleton research, sex robots, the psychological concept of a second wind, his favorite seasons, how Jeff was hired by Mark Burnett, and there was a moment where Christian impersonated a stripper and yelled, these hips don't lie. (laughs) Nick, Davey, this is more relevant to to what we're talking about. Nick, Davey, Angelina, and Mike all told Christian to play his idol last week, apparently. And to the point where he and Nick and... He and Davey had, like, codes set up involving, like, sneezing during tribal council or, like, saying code words to encourage him to play his idol. So a lot of stuff going on that we didn't get to see. And and then I'll just share the story, and then you guys can tell me who you're... We'll, we'll try to run through the bottom three real quick. We'll, we'll say, like, six, five, four, and then uh, we'll get into our top three. But on night 31, after Gabby told Nick the plan to oust Christian, Christian was down on the beach talking to Nick... After Nick left, I stayed behind to watch the waves. Soon, I started feeling a spray of sand in the wind. I'm thinking, wow, it must be windier than I realize. Then I keep feeling these impacting sand volleys with increasing velocity. I'm like, what's happening? Then I hear from the tree line, psst, I'm flummoxed, and I go to the tree line. It's Davy. He tells me that this is one of his spy shacks, and he has a message for me. Trust no one. Talk tomorrow. He then disappears into the dark. It was like something from (laughs) X-Files. That's amazing. The truth is out there. (laughs) All right, guys. Who is your number six? I'm going to say my number six is Mike. Despite him winning individual immunity, I just feel the same way like we talked about. There's no way anyone's just going to give him a million dollars. And it stinks because he's victim of who he is in a way but it's not like a personality thing it's just well he's got money and i feel like this group of people will take that into account so for me mike is number six jess where do you have mike i put mike a little bit higher i think i put him in i think i put him well i put him at five (laughs) i think i still still have angelina at six because i think mike still has more efficacy in the game people i think listen to him more even if they don't really I, th- I think they at least want to engage in what he's thinking. I think everybody just sees Angelina as a vote that they can use at this point. So I would put Angelina six, Mike five. I also have Angelina six. Like I said, I feel like she's going to be that person who kind of just gets bashed at the end. I don't have high hopes. I actually have Mike number three, which maybe I'm not thinking enough about 
what you guys are talking about with who's going to vote for a million dollar person. That didn't make sense the way that I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to vote for a million dollar person? He is the person who was shown to like orchestrate this attempt to finally get Christian out. And I think like in the game that feels like it's worth something to me because it's been attempted many times and he finally was able to like pull it off and I guess I just think a little high, more highly of him than a couple other people that we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, Ange- Mike is my three, Angelina is my six. Who, who's your number five, Ty? Uh, Angelina is number five okay, for so we, all we the reasons that. we've said. Yeah, I mean, she's she doesn't strike me as someone who has a chance to win. I just feel like Mike has strangely less then, of a chance to Jess, win. Jess, you already said uh, Mike is your number five, right? Yeah. So my number five is Allison. I get that everyone seems to like and respect her, but I just don't see what could, she could possibly argue at final tribal at this point. Uh, yeah. I think like, I think she has a strong argument for outlasting if she makes it to final three, because she's one, she'll be one of very few people who's had to survive many votes uh, where her name was thrown out. So she obviously like did that component really well. I have her at number four because I view her and Mike as like a little bit similar and kind of one of the only alliancey things left. But I think she's slightly more likely to get votes because I think she could argue that she's had a strong social game and no one has ever come for Mike. So I feel like he hasn't really had to like put himself out there or be scrappy to survive. He's basically just, I think people like him. I think they like having him around and so they don't really vote for him and they're just like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't actually see him making that. I mean, I think he's played, but at this point I think everybody has played pretty decent. So it's not, I don't see a total coattails person in this six. I think all of them could say some aspect where they've played well. So Ty, who is your number four? Yeah, my number four. And I, think i've picked up on you guys probably don't agree with this i have kara at number four just because i also have kara at number four okay she doesn't seem to me as though she's been able to actually have an impact in the game it when we get to see her interviews she's explaining and she's not really arguing for reasons she's been like a clarification person but she's never tried to like make a move or take over or do something powerful in the game. And I think that's played to her advantage where there's been no target on her back, but also I don't think she has any argument for why she should win. And I don't think she's really in the strong enough alliance. Although we've talked, I don't think alliances exist anymore. So I don't, she just strikes me as someone who's just outside of that top three because they can keep her around, but they could also get rid of her at any time and it won't matter. Um, yeah, for me, I think she, I, I feel like I've seen her like bob and weave between groups more. I feel like Allison really held on to the Goliath line for longer. And I think Kara was a little bit more willing to bust the game open. I think she still leans Goliath in her loyalties, but I think she has played a little bit more in the like middle ground of finding and creating like new avenues forward rather than I think just trying to pick off David's. So for me, that's why she's number three for me. I think she has like had a little bit more fluidity to her game of the remaining Goliaths. So who was your number? Except for Angelina. Um, My number four is out. So yeah, six Angelina, five Mike, four Allison, three Kara. I've already said mine to that point, too, thanks to Mike. So I had six Angelina, five Allison, four Kara, three Mike, which I guess leaves Allison for you, right, Ty? Yes, Allison Because you have is... Mike six, Angelina five, Kara four. Yep, Allison is my number three. Um, partially, I want to have her in top three because she was my preseason winner. So uh, oh, yeah. I, need her, I need her to make final tribal. But I also think that she and I argued for this earlier, could have gotten the Christian edit if she was more entertaining, where I feel like their games are similar. She's just kind of tried to endear herself to people, just tried to be nice, tried to get along with people. Although, I mean, just pointed out that she was very Goliath strong when the merge happened. And, I mean, ultimately that could have worked out if the Davids didn't pull crazy idol plays and stuff out their butt. But I think she's number three because she's just... No one has any beef with her. 
Yeah, unfortunately, our final three predictions have kind of fallen apart. You had Allison, Christian, Gabby with Allison winning. I had Gabby, Dan, Angelina with Gabby winning. So I guess we can both still get one of the three. Probably not not high odds. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are left with two. We It sounds like we all have the same top two. So what I'm interested in is, I guess, just cut to who you have number one. Because we're all Davey and Nick at the top here. And I'm, I'm, I think they've done a lot. I thought Stephen Fishback made a good list of the things they've done in his column this week. He talked about Davey this week taking Nick on reward in order to better blindside him, like something out of Goodfellas. Like Nick having the idea a few weeks back to split the minority vote in order to vote out Dan. Nick stacking two Goliath votes onto Gabby last week in case Christian had an idol. Davey playing an idol for Christian and telling Christian about the vote last week nick's vote steal like they've been part of every big move and i think are clearly the heavyweights so who do you guys say whoever wants to take it first who's number one um i i put davy at number one i think um i think nick i think they've both played great and but i think uh something i like about davy is that even for the viewer he has been a lot more subtle than nick and and I think maybe that ha- that ended at the Christian move, where I think it was just at the point in the game where he needed to be a little bit bolder. But I think uh, Nick has like that uh, that a little bit that a little streak of being erratic, where he takes things really emotionally and he gets like a little bit blinded by that. Where Christian didn't loop him in on that vote, so now Christian's dead to him. Instead of being like, okay, how can I like? put this back into a framework that works for me and contextualize this and have a, like a long game view. I think Davey is playing like a, a much more like steady and rational game. And I just, I think, I think that the people will vote. It'll be really hard. Cause I think people like them in a similar way. I think maybe Nick has made more bonds with people on the jury. So uh, it, that might be tricky, but I think any survivor head might see that Davey had a touch more finesse, at least so far. I actually think it's all going to come down to like what we haven't seen in terms of the two of them setting themselves apart from each other. Yeah, for me, I also have Davey number one, Nick number two. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm not going to go on and on about it. I just feel like his game has shown through a little bit better than Nick's recently. I think we talk about uh, Nick falling victim to his emotion this week and Davey hasn't really done that and we've got to hear him audibly say he wants to keep someone out in front of him to keep the light off of him and now that Christian's gone I don't know how he's going to do that maybe he'll do that to Nick and try to make Nick look like the biggest threat but I just I've liked what I've seen from Davey and as Wendell likes to say he has a toothpick so that's how you know someone's gonna win i forgot about that yeah i also have davy number one which is why i said damn it because i was hoping we'd have some variety but (laughs) i I think davy has been timing things exactly right like he's yeah he's been right in the background he's never really been on the wrong side of anything he hasn't had a lot of votes thrown at him he had some this week but he's just made move after move after move and apparently had all the right relationships to always know what's going to happen. And Nick has been very close to that. But Nick, we talked a couple weeks ago, was on the wrong side of a big vote. And he misplayed his idol this week. And I kind of wonder if he's just made one too many mistakes to be able to pull off the final jury argument. Um, I do think the makeup of the jury that we talked about is interesting because it's a lot of Goliaths and then Christian and Gabby, essentially, and and Carl. Well, and Elizabeth. I guess I'm lying. I'm just, like, <laughs> Dan and John have, like, such a big outsized personality to me that I just, I had this whole perception of, like, Brochacho, Ponderosa, and Alec. But, yeah, I guess it is actually evenly split. It's, like, 4-3 now as I look at it. We'll have to see how it plays out. I think those are the two clear favorites. Um, and I think Jess is hopefully and probably right that what is to come is what will determine who uh, pulls it out. Uh, it's been such a great season. Oh, I've loved so, it. So good. I can't believe how <laughs> I mean, this been. I've, I say Davey, but like I, that doesn't necessarily even mean I'm rooting for him over, or, over Nick. I think they're both 
great. I mean, I do think thematically I want to see a David win. <laughs> so I really, I, I kind of hope that one of them gets the other one out before final three so that they don't split the votes. And I think it'd be smarter to have one David, two Goliaths, and then I think that David would win. Yeah. But yeah, it's been great. Oh, so good. All right. Wow. I think we are out of time. So we'll have to end it there for now. And and Taylor, I'll owe you a, bo- a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> bonus content. Yeah, I, f- I forgot. And Ty, you're, you're semi-informed on this. But since the last time that we had Jess on, I actually have like started doing improv, which is crazy. The short version of the story is that there is a local theater here in Tampa, and I tried out for a team without thing- having any expectation because I had only taken like one class at that point but they saw the potential you know (laughs) (laughs) they saw the kid had yeah they 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 heard about the honor roll thing and (laughs) they they were like oh wait your hobby is playstation 2 that's baller and they kind of were like let's give it a go yeah so so we we wanted to try to do something fun with that but we'll have to come back to that at a future date because there's plenty to get to about survivor this time i should mention if you're like someone who is listening to this and doesn't listen to off book. Go do that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Listen to off book, the improvised musical podcast. I want to say, by the way, Jess, I really appreciated your conversation this week. I mean, I don't know how long ago you recorded it, but your conversation about the trolls, basically they talk about like, if, if you don't know the, like the fan Facebook group of off book is like the most positive place on the internet. Probably. It's very sweet. And yet we got to hear this week a little bit on the podcast. You guys talked about internet trolls, which I'm sure some of the people we've talked about on survivor have received plenty of this. Yeah. And like getting hate despite like for no reason, basically like, yes. what was a, I think someone called Zach a, a, like a, what was it? Total nothing man or something. A, ta- a talentless nothing man. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but yeah, he remembers it because he's like, I mean, it's a really good burn, uh, <laughs> um, and they're obviously very wrong. But <laughs> I really appreciated the way you guys kind of spun it into an entire improv musical, and I just wanted to like say too that as a way of delaying our bonus episode, hearing hearing you guys go straight from an opening segment about the ugliness of the world straight into something as like whimsical and ridiculous as like this Santa Claus origin story that you made up kind of highlighted something I find really beautiful about improv and and diving into it over the last several months and stuff. The world can be a really crappy place and like full of gross people, but together we can like have a great time, laugh a little bit and it might not change somebody's life, but it can brighten their day. You know, I absolutely agree. And it's definitely brought me a lot of joy and having the opportunity to do it in a way where like people, more people get to hear it and it makes them, you know, smile for an hour is like such a great gift. So yeah, I'm happy you're doing it. And you know, (laughs) just to tie it all back, it's very much like this cast of Survivor. They might have to make some ugly moves, but ultimately they can go back to the beach, laugh with each other and have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jess loves it. Ty, go take an improv class. It's fun. <laughs> I don't have a stage presence. Disagree. <laughs> yeah, you look great on Skype. I like your Batman hoodie or whatever that's called, beanie. You have a different hoodie. Nonetheless, also, congrats, Jess, on this musical album you have coming out. That's exciting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Songs that we've like had and worked on for years. So, should be cool. Yeah, the, I listened to a song called Shared Small Plates last night. Mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoyed the, like, I don't know if this was intentional, but, like, uh, almost punk rock vibes to it. Like, it, Oh, it yeah, that's definitely intentional. Like, yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, my younger days with my chemical romance and follow-up. Yep. Younger days, by younger days, I mean last week. Yeah, that's so. definitely what we were going for. <laughs> <laughs> that's my early uh, favorite. So go check that out, people. Check out Ty. He's around. If you live in Alabama, you can find him. <laughs> True. I actually wanted to drive over to Atlanta to uh, 
one of Davy's watch parties. Maybe I'll have to try and crash oh. his party next week if he has one. I, I, I know. What a I twist. can't have one next week. He's going to be in L.A. Duh. Ah, oh, damn it. I was going to say, what a twist that would be if it went from me being the journalist when we started this podcast to you being the journalist for us on the ground throughout <laughs> the country. That would be scary representation for us. <laughs> from across the country, we'll say goodbye. California, Alabama, Florida. We got it covered this week. So I hope you enjoyed. Go rate and review on iTunes and, and all that stuff. Because it's apparently important, even though trolls get in there. I will say, Jess, we don't have enough followers to get the trolls, so that's nice. That's great. I mean, I want for you to have more followers so that you get the hate, but... <laughs> so that we get the hate. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not so. Uh. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on, as always, to Ty and uh, to Jess. Thank for- you calling in from a cold car in california (laughs) next time we talk survivor will be over and we will be sad but we will have very special guests uh you know and love her survivor millennial versus gen x michelle schubert will come back i'm just gonna spoil it right now because you've if you've listened for a couple years she always joins us for the finale so look forward to that root for your favorites don't troll people good night (laughs) (laughs) bye Good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is